Okay. <laughs> it's podcasting day. Podcasting. Podcasting day. Uh, I'm Rachel Vogt. Tell them who you are. I'm Jess Anderson. Oh, and yeah. You can find me at photoswithanderson.com or on Facebook or searching my super secret private group. It's Boudoir Photos with Anderson. And it's a good one. It is a good one. Get in there. Uh, and the empowerment classes happen on Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. Saturday was so good. Uh, so if you are feeling some discord in your life, maybe some anxiety, unsure of yourself, any of those things, maybe we should be chatting a little bit and see what I can do to help. Otherwise, you can watch me on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Or check me out on Instagram of Over Parties. But no posts, just my stories because I'm lazy. <laughs> so, um, today we decided through a much deliberated conversation, which is completely unlike us, that we're going to discuss one of the most cliche phrases I've ever heard in my life and maybe kind of pull it apart a little bit and then see if we can open up some doors. Mm -hmm. Might get into some other cliche phrases. Maybe not today. So the phrase itself is everything happens for a reason. I can't even remember the first time I heard the phrase. No, neither do I. It just is like so much of our context. It's syntax is what I meant to say. I put everyone happens for a reason. (laughs) Also true. Um, Okay. Everything happens for a reason. So I can tell you, like I said, I don't remember when I heard it first, but I do. I, I remember when I can start accumulating the memory of something like. Some almost, almost always something negative Mm -hmm. first. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely something that was always told to me when something negative was in the process of happening. It was never after the fact. It was always, like, something shitty in life was happening and, oh, well, everything happens for a reason. Well, I didn't, but I mean, you know, like, even, like, you know, if I lost $5 and found $5 and told somebody that story, nobody would go, everything happens for a reason. It's okay. almost always more of the negative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's why when you talk about, like, when people say that phrase, people can get heated. Because like, what do you mean everything happens for a reason? Like, I did not ask for this. Oh, yeah. like This was not in my plan. Like, there are certain... It, there are definite situations where I think this phrase gets used that should never be, like, the death of a child. No one should ever tell you everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. But that's one of those moments where everyone... I think it's subconsciously, like, it's said so much that, like, everyone's like, oh, well... Yeah, everything happens for a reason, so I wonder why this is happening. But it's one of those, there are definite moments in life nobody wants to hear that everything happens for a reason, because whatever's happening is so devastating. Yes. So, I would agree with that. Um, and I, I mean, that was, I think, where kind of I had the aha moment about it, mm-hmm. because I don't remember what the example was that I had, but let's let's take cancer, for example. Okay. Because, yeah, like you had said, like, I've heard, I've heard people... Say stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, no, they're in a better place. Everything happens for a reason. You're like, okay. Exactly. <laughs> right? So I was thinking about that. And I think that, I don't know where the origin of it comes from, but it is not inaccurate that when, if somebody was to be diagnosed with camp- cancer, even pass away from cancer, that you could not say everything happens for a reason. Because when you dissect the literal context of it, mm-hmm. cancer happens when the body starts to fail in its immunity to whatever is happening in the body. Yeah. 
right? That happens because the person, the host, initially got sick and started even in the most minute of bacteria or yeah. poison or whatever. Or, like, if it's lung cancer, everything, like, they died of cancer because they smoked cigarettes or... Right. Or they, 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 they addictively it. started smoking cigarettes or too long smoked them or smoked the wrong kinds or whatever. Yes. So when you look at it from that context, yes, everything does happen for a reason. I'm not saying that... You, you cannot feel emotion, especially negative emotion, if somebody was to say that to you in an insensitive moment. But that's the power that it's supposed to have in, in that phrasing. And dare I say, could potentially aid in something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I know it's, it's very emotional for people to consider instances like what we're talking about. But I think that's what has worked for me lately is that if you can be more logical about it, and take the emotion out of it. Yeah, which I know almost even sounds insensitive, but no, are you? It's not insensitivity. It's almost selfishness because I just choose not to live in that suffering zone as long. So right? are you are you using it as a way as a tool to process what ha- actually happened, or are you using it as a tool to process the emotions behind what has actually? Well, happened? I think people could do both, but I think for me, it's kind of like it's like the justification. Okay, so everything like... happens for a reason. So I think that that is a combination of both. Because yeah, it, yeah. It is what actually happened. So, you know, for like if we use the example of cancer, you know, so-and-so got cancer, so-and-so smoked cigarettes for X amount of days, whatever. But then... So-and-so the, had abnormal breast tissue. Yes. But then, cells. But Sorry. then you're also justifying the emotional side of it of, yeah, of, yeah well, every, everybody dies. Everybody, you know, things happen. Thing, you know, everything happens for a reason kind of thing. Like to emotionally get past it it's not happening just to you or the universe isn't targeting you it's everything happens for a reason and it's not just you're not the center of the universe kind of thing Uh, because i think when i get into my emotional like like woe is me the universe hates me the universe is out to get to me it's i'm definitely like super self-centered in those moments and like like everything in the world happened exactly the way it did to make me feel like i'm like as shitty as i'm feeling in this moment right now and so i guess I don't think I've ever actually looked at the phrase everything happens for a reason as a way to get out of that mode of thinking, but now I think that I won't be able to not, not. Um, get, use it that way. Of, yep. of when I do feel like I'm being attacked by the universe and by everybody unintentionally in my life, like is emotionally attacking me. When it rains, it pours. Yes, mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah. Bad things happen in threes. All, yeah. all yeah, those yeah, yeah. bad cliches. But um, yeah, like I think, I don't know. I've never looked at it that way. Yeah. It's an interesting. Well, and I think that for me, that even allows for me to take it one step further because, like, I think the thing I associate it the most with is grief. Um, I mentioned this briefly on a live, and I was talking to my spiritual advisor about it this morning, is that I've started shifting my focus even about the way that I think about my husband. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I would say, <laughs> I want to say in human terms, in language that we created, right? The phrase is, I love my husband. But... What I have heard from, uh, I want to say it's Eckhart Tolle, who is a, a dude. Check him out. He's awesome. So he, he referred to, like, possession starting mm-hmm. as early as, you know, toddlers. Like, when you refer to things like Olivia's blanket instead of the blanket Olivia uses to sleep with, mm-hmm. she's going to have such an emotional attachment to it that, as you might have seen, she ripped a hole in it and she wears it up on her arm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're like, we're going to have to, re- you can't sleep with that. It's going to go around your neck, right? We... Both of us kind of were like, oh, that's going to be hard. Like, what is she going to do? I mean, she might not do anything. She might just be like, oh, new, new silky blanket. But 
I believe in my heart that that part of that is because I have, I started correcting myself and not calling it Olivia's blanket. So I'm trying to help her detach from it being a possession. So when I like translate that into talking about my husband, um, I don't even, like when I say that, my husband phrase, like I even in my head go, but he's not your husband. That's just a loving terminology you're giving him. Mm -hmm. Because when I say like, I love him, he's not mine to love. Mm -hmm. And so I, in my brain, that's still, again, that's, that's the phrase I use because that's <laughs> the human context. It's the language that we created, but the emotion is the same, right? It's just this admiration. It's just this, my light feels lighter when I'm with him, um, whatever. But I truly believe that I'm preparing myself because it's inevitable that one of us will pass and probably not at the exact same time. We're not that fortunate, mm -hmm. right? So I think that I'm preparing myself now for that. But he was never mine. So, like, of course I'll miss him. Of course I'll grieve. Of course I'll need time. But I won't be, like, devastated. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's the difference. And some people might find that in poor taste. But I, I mean, again, that's for my survival, it's, I believe on that, that in that moment, I'll be able to choose the better feeling every time. Every time I think about him, I won't be the fact that he's not here anymore. It's how much he contributed to my life when he was here. Every time I think about him, I won't be because he's not cooking me dinner anymore. It's because he taught me how to cook myself dinner, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, I think it's just, a, it's a, it's a, it's a massive tool that'll be able to be applied just about anywhere, um, in that healing process and the freedom of not suffering, it, choosing to suffer. How does it feel to be living in that year 3000? Living yeah, in like, the year 3000, what are you talking yes. about? Oh my god, it's just a phrase that, <laughs> I forget that you're older than I am. <laughs> it's just a phrase that young people use to say that you're, you're emotionally, educationally, technologically so much more advanced. When did this phrase body. come out? Oh my god, it's been around for years. Oh, wow. Well, living in the year 3000. <laughs> um, it's just that's, cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, that was just my way of complimenting you, saying Thank that you. you are so much further ahead of the majority, like, the mass populace, because, like... Yeah, but do you also think that, I mean, people will think I'm crazy sometimes. Oh! There's some without, people that think I'm out Without there. a doubt, mm -hmm. but, like, I... But it resonates with you, yes. It resonates with me, And yes. that's why I feel like I can talk to you, because I know that it will be openly received. And and I, it's it's fun for me, because I love when you go, I didn't think about it like that. And I'm like, good, because I didn't either three months ago, and I just wanted to make sure I wasn't alone. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's... And I can see how, like... I like when you talk, I don't know, this is like, we're explaining why we like having this podcast. <laughs> um, it's because I like, I like listening to you talk because you speak in a way that you paint the steps for me very clearly. You don't start talking, for me at least, about a topic that I'm just like, how did you even get there? Like, yeah. you're just talking about dogs and yeah, now yeah. you're talking about spirituality. That's what like, I'm trying to do to expedite the process of what I've been doing. Yes. Yes. So I, I enjoy listening to how, like, to your thought processes and your aha moments and your universe moments because it, it helps me to start recognizing them, recognizing those things in my own life and using those tools. And sometimes... Like we just, before we started recording this podcast, we're having like a conversation about how my thought process is, I, I was feeling like I was having a win emotionally because I was recognizing boundaries and recognizing that I don't have to people please everyone. And then you're like, okay, like this is where you're at, but this is where you're going to be. And where I'm going to be sounds so much better and so much more mature, but I'm like, but I'm not ready to get there yet. Right. You're <laughs> like, not, but that's not. why you need to hear that is because it's yeah. okay that you're not. Yes. But it's, it's also, I recognize that, but now I'm going to see when I'm feeling great about setting those boundaries i'm gonna be like yes but don't say but though because i don't like to say those things to make you feel like you're behind or you're not doing well enough i tell them for the relief that guess yes. where you're gonna get to yes yeah and that i just use the word but because i didn't have a, a sure. better way to explain <laughs> my thought process because i can already see it happening yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah is that 
I'm here, I'm setting these boundaries, I'm recognizing that I don't have to people please everyone else. And in those moments when I start to have those, yay, like I feel like I'm mature, I'm going to recognize that the next step is that I'm not going to feel like I have to have those boundaries because I'm not going to be emotionally attached to the people or the places or the things that used to trigger me emotionally. Yeah. So it's, it's nice because I feel the win of where I'm at. Good. But it's, it's also one of those like <clears throat> recognizing that I'm not done yet. Yes, and, but that's never going to stop. It's no. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm so grateful I had my call with Pam this morning because yeah. she's farther along than I am. Yeah, and it's one of those, you know, we had that, that talk a couple of weeks ago about how you are on a path that, business-wise, you are on a path that nobody else has forged. Yeah. So t- sometimes you have a little bit more anxiety because you nobody else has done it for you. That's saying that graciously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I am on a business path that I have seen... Yeah. Seen it done before, so I know it, it's possible. Right. So I feel blessed to have our friendship because, and to have these types of talks, because I don't have to live in that anxiety of, where do I go to next? Because you paint the way for me. And just listening to you and talking to you about things, I might not be happy in the moment to hear that I'm not done. Like, oh, I, thought I, I thought I made all this progress and I was feeling really good, but now there's all these other steps. I just needed but, to just deflate the ego a yeah, little bit. Right? And then... But, you know, six months down the road or whatever, when I, you know, maybe not six months down the road, whatever. Yeah, there's no timeline. Later on down the road, when I finally reach that next level, there's not going to be that, for me, that moment of, oh, crap, what do I do, ne- what do, I do next? Because I already know what's a com- I already know what comes next. And right? you, don't even, you don't even have to know how you're going to get there. You just yeah. now you know you're going to be now there. Now I know I'm going to be there. Yeah. And now I know that, that it's okay to not be quote-unquote, stuck or want to live in right. the, the headspace that I'm in now. Right. And that's really powerful that you said that because I, I don't, I, we need to shift from using that word that I'm stuck where I'm at because that's a lot of people feel that way. But the aha moment that you're having right now is exactly how, it's the key to unlocking everything you want, not just in this particular instance we're talking about setting your boundaries, right? Um, so I talk about like with finances, people, I, I believe, get into what I call a debt cycle. Mm-hmm. And the debt cycle is that you do so good, do so good, you get so focused, you learn a couple things about money, you raise your credit score, something happens, um, doesn't matter what it is, unexpected expense, maybe you slack off in your job, you get fired, whatever it is, and then you have to dip back into the credit cards. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a debt cycle. And broader spectrum, it's a pain cycle. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I had a small aha moment today when I was talking about finances because I was talking about the pain cycle and I'm like, it feels like losing weight. It feels like losing the 20 to 30 pounds and whatever, getting, getting cocky because I've been doing so well. So I slack off or I've gotten, um, I, 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 I did it one way that it was cheating in my opinion, you know, like doing like a fad diet or something. So right. I dropped the weight or whatever. I'm going to put that 20 to 30 pounds back on. I'm going to put that whatever amount of debt back on. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. So, so in that moment, <clears throat> it wasn't much relief, but it was a little bit of relief because it was like, but look how successful you've become in your weight loss. Mm-hmm. Your weight release is a new term you d- you've gotten to. You intermittent fasting consistently. You're drinking water. You've given up pop. Like, look at what you did over there. So why can't you translate it over here? Well, that felt better. It's not that, it's not that why I can't. It's that I haven't. One, giving myself the grace and understanding. I have the tools. I They just aren't the right tools yet or they're not sharpened or whatever. So that was some relief. It was like, it's not enough yet. But everything happens for a reason. I had to have the right relationship come into my life mm-hmm. to foster an environment for confidence for me. 
to let me become an entrepreneur. The entrepreneurship role had to grow so I could be confident that I didn't have to be like everybody else and that what I was doing was working for me so that I could become more comfortable with tackling my emotions, which led to the weight release because I finally kept the weight off. And all of that was just the base for the Everest, which right now my spirituality and my money or my wealth are so intertwined that I don't know which one will be at the top when I reach it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure which, but I'm pretty positive it's still wealth. Because I feel like I'm gaining mad traction in spirituality. Like, I feel like 2020 has been my marathon of growth in this. And I needed it to be able to do the wealth stuff, but I'm still impatient as heck. I'm like, I need to know now. Talking to a pregnant woman about being impatient. Like, I I feel like that's my downfall in life. Like, that's... that's one of my biggest areas that I wish I could improve upon is my... My lack of patience in life with anything, with literally anything. Yeah. I wish I was more patient. And I don't know if I just need to find a meditation on it or, but I, and see, and then I try to justify it because I'm like, the impatience is, it, it produces anxiety. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because. <laughs> it's a pain cycle. And then, yeah. It's another cycle because the anxiety is, you should be able to do this faster. Mm-hmm. And now that I have the confidence that I'm doing better in my business stuff, like the actions, the things that are brand building, like all of that is fine, but it's like tying in the income aspect to it and getting, getting that stuff, you know, right or whatever. That's, that's it. That's where I, then I, then I lose the confidence. So then I swing back into the anxiety. Are you making the right decisions? Are you doing the right thing? Should you even like blah, 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 whatever. Oh yeah. It's not the same argument I used to have with myself two years ago about business because that was like, do you dare go back to a corporate job? I don't even ever think that. I'm like, no. It, you just got to figure your crap out now. That's oh, yeah. what you need to do. And my business pain cycle right now is the... COVID has definitely impacted my business. And with my pregnancy and COVID, I'm constantly internally battling the do I book more sessions, do I not book more sessions because I don't want to increase my chances of getting sick while pregnant. But on the... what When I... The sessions that I do have booked right now and the sessions that I have done recently that I am still editing photos on, I'm constantly in this pain cycle of I wait until the, the night before my deadline to edit all of the photos that I have been waiting to do for two weeks because I kept letting other things come up in life. Yeah. And then for like a week or two, I'm really good about being on top of I turn out galleries within 24 hours back to back to back because I'm just so hyper focused and then something unexpected emotionally comes up. And I say emotionally because it's usually like right now that's my roller coaster is my emotions. Something unemotionally, emotionally unexpected comes up and derails me from that productivity wheel. And then all of a sudden I'm back to the waiting until the, the last minute to do anything and then having anxiety that entire time period that I'm waiting to do the things. And then when I sit down to actually do it, I'm like, like today, <laughs> had a gallery that was like originally I for some reason had all this anxiety about editing because I was just like, it was so hot that day and the kids were just running around and I didn't get the, the greatest photos and the poses weren't awesome. And it just, we didn't, we, we were only there for like half the time. And I just had all these reasons to not want to sit down and edit this session. And I sat down and edited it today and the photos turned out right. And I edited it within an hour and I'm like, why in the world did it take me this long? Like it's a block. It's a block. You're it's a pain cycle. It's a pain cycle. But so, so I'm having my, another aha moment as we're talking about this. So I, we've identified the cycles. We know that that's a thing. And we know that you can translate them into all the five areas, money, relationships, mental, physical, being spirituality, and passion, right? Yep. So, you know, you can have a cycle of any kind. And you can have cycles within 
cycles. Meaning, like, if you're obviously you might have one relationship cycle about like always dating douchebags, and then the second cycle is always dating douchebags. You think you have to fix like yes. that, so you can have multiple cycles. Just so you, I, I believe, as we're talking about this, right? So how do you break the cycle or how do you, I, I don't even necessarily want to say like, you can't break the cycle. I'm thinking in my brain, I'm visualizing like a Ferris wheel and you're going to need tools to take it apart, right? Yeah. You can't just like knock it off its thing. And it's going to go. So yeah. you're going to have to get the tools to do it. So the pain cycle. All right. So like I said, it's a block. So one of the blocks that you're describing is a block that I've recognized for myself in business. We both think that it has to be hard to make money. Yeah. We both justified that everybody we know struggles to make money. Uh, we also have seen other entrepreneurs struggle to make money. We've also seen entrepreneurs make money easily, but that's not our story. That's mm -hmm. why we disconnect with it is because we want what they have and we can't get it because we already talked about before. We know that that was my dad's influence to me was you work hard to get money. Mm -hmm. You miss birthdays. You miss all that kind of stuff. And so that's where I'm kind of at a disconnect a little bit is because it's like, I recognize that's a block. Now I need to know what to do to fix it. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure it's, you know, it's, it's just reversing it, you know, like making money, making money is hard needs to turn into money flows easily to me. But that, to me, I don't think I've associated that well enough with my income that I make, right? Like mm -hmm. I just, oh, I understand that the symbolic form of money flows in and out of people's lives. It flows yes. in and out of households, right? I'm not attaching it to myself specifically in my capabilities or my joy, my passion, whatever. Yeah. And then that even extends spider web farther into the anxiety of bills and debt and that kind of thing too, right? Like oh, yeah. it's hard to live from your joy when you feel like it should be, I don't know. It's not easy yet. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Cause I, I know what it is, but I don't feel like it's easy yet. I totally agree with that. Cause if you would, if we would have had this conversation two years ago about money in any sense, I was definitely in the, living in a place of scarcity money is hard to get even, even though i even though at the time i had the best paying job i've ever had in my life at, like up to that point well yeah but we talked about that because even with an abundance of money we still spent like crazy yes, we still spent like crazy because that was the scarcity we didn't feel yes. bad or negative and i think yeah. that's important to know we liked the spending yes but that was still our money mantra yes. was spend it was spend it because it's not going to be here for long right and right. and spend it while you have it because you won't have it forever right and so but I've, I've very much through, through our growth together, my personal development, understand that money ebbs and flows and understand that the yes. concept of money ebbs and flows. But I think you said it really well that I have not attached that specifically to me. I know that like, say, you know, one day my bank account is a little bit low. Well, I understand that money ebbs and flows and that I have five boudoir sessions in the next, you know, however many weeks. And that is a big money maker for me. So it's Right now, I don't feel as anxious or stressed about money as I used to two years ago because, I, because I understand that I am capable of making money. I understand that I have done the steps necessary to to make sure that money will be coming in when it needs to because all of my bills are paid for the month. Right. I don't have bills due until the first of the month. I have three sessions before the first of the month. So it's I have all of these things in place. So I like my anxiety is very low when it comes to the right here and right now money. Yeah. Like, like the bills that are due, uh, like the upcoming bills. But then when I start to think about the future with money, that's when I lose all of that confidence with money. And I start to think, well, how am I going to plan for this? How am I going to, you know, we want to buy a house. How am I going to do this? How are we going to do that? And it's, I start to get all of this anxious because I can't see that far into my business future. Right. Like my scheduling and all of that. But then I, then I want to beat myself with a rock because 
right now in my business, I do, I have not done any marketing besides our podcast little, you know, this is where you find me. I am not actively advertising my business, but every single session that I have in the next two months came to me. From a referral. From a referral. Yeah. Literally before. Word of mouth marketing yes. is number one. Before we sat down for our podcast, I just got a message. I haven't clicked it open because I don't want to um, get the red or the new message alert. Unread. Unread, yeah, um, to go away because then I'll forget to reply because that's who I am. Um, but I literally, I got, the first couple of words I can see is, so-and-so referred me to you. And I'm like, oh, yep, yeah, this is a this is a photography referral. Mm-hmm. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I'm still coming from a place of scarcity of this won't last. Yeah. You won't perform well enough to let, like, people will want to refer you in the future kind of thing. See, and, um, I rec- that was a, another, if you have, okay, by the way, so the book that I'm talking about is Lucky Bitch and Get Rich Lucky Bitch. I highly recommend it. Um, where I'm talking about learning about these money blocks because that's one that she talks about commonly is, right, is that this won't last. And, and what's weird is that I don't ever have that fear. I don't have the fear that I won't have more parties or I won't have more people come to my class. I don't have that fear. And that's why I think that that part of that's hard for me because it's just like, I think if we're being really transparent, like, I'm, I mean, I'm not trying to hide anything. It's just kind of coming to me is that like, what the big thing of what I do majority of my life is mostly a free service because it's not my business. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, a consultant of that business to sell product. And so majority of the things I'm passionate about in that business don't pay me. And that's not the company's fault because that's not their structure, but that's part of the quote unquote problem for me is that that's where I know I could make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've worked past the like guilt aspect of that. I, but it's being able to separate those things I think now. So, um, so here's, here's something that worked really well for me the other day too. Cause when we were talking about like kind of get, getting better with money or the, the thought about money. So I, I, I think the thing I was struggling with is because as we've talked about, like we understand that money's a, it's a man-made thing, right? Mm-hmm it's not always been dollar bills. It's been bartering. It's blah, 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 whatever. And so the other day, um, it kind of hit me that I was like, I think it was because it's the first physical thing that I have to detach from. Like, right. Well, I've, I've worked really well through humans and emotions, but emotions are this thing that are just uncontrollable. Right. Yes. So this is the first tangible thing outside of a human body that I've had to like really deconstruct because time isn't something physical that I, I could talk about or see. Or like, as we talked about, language is not even, yes, it's spoken and yes, it's written, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. So I think this was the first physical object that I had to really remind myself that it's not a thing. Like, you don't want the money anyway. You want the thing, you want the emotional experience that would be provided by the money, whether it's security and paying your bills or traveling around the world or making $1,500 an hour, whatever your desire is in life. That was, that was huge for me. And it still, even in that moment, like there was some relief in this. That's cool. I'm glad that I caught that. But there was no like that. There was no relief in that feels like it fixed the problem still. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's right or wrong because I felt like, I think that I'm, maybe that's what I'm waiting for is this like, <gasps> there it is. And it's right. like, that's never going to happen. Like you never even had, I mean, but I mean, yes and no. Like I feel like sometimes I'm way more loud and excited about some aha moments. I just, I, I don't know. But it's that... No, something about what you just said about the, like the actual sigh of, there it goes. Like, yeah, like oh, that, the connections there. I got it. It makes sense to me. Maybe it's just because it's not the lesson learned. I feel like, like I feel like that's my problem with emotional. I know we're yeah, going, yeah, yeah. going from money stuff, but I yeah. feel like that's my emotional problem with other people. Yes, is that 
I'm making all this great progress and I'm feeling how great it is to have these aha moments. And it's fresh. It's still frustrating to me. I know, or I, I think for myself, I don't want it to, to be, to be in this place forever, but it's frustrating to me now when I'm having all these great aha moments and I'm trying to lead other people to them. You can't do that. But you can't do that. I know. But that's where I'm getting frustrated is because they're not having that great aha moment that helps our connection strengthen kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my God, like if you could just be on the same level with me, it's like, like it's so much better over here. But, yeah. But I, you know, if you, if you look at it from a different perspective, I'm sure that like, I'm going to use this term loosely just to paint the picture. Some of our more affluent friends would probably sometimes be like, get your shit together. Like if you got your shit together, well, you could travel with us. If you got your shit together, you can go to the blow dry bar with us. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not different. It's not. Um, <clears throat> but it is kind of different because that's just one. I mean, that's just an example. I was going to say, no, it's not different. Never mind. It's just an example I was using. So, um, I wrote some stuff down. You did. One thing um, that I was curious, like, I was trying to remember, like, I remember I felt a lot of, even though we're talking about, like, that money sabotage, like, having a 9 to 5, having that security of a paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. I felt that way. Like, I never felt like I had to worry about money or where money was going to come from. Um, In the same instance, I, if this, that's, that's falsehood, right? It's not, so, like, one of the things I struggle with is that fear of the unknown, right? Like, yes, I have appointments on the books. Yes, I have classes scheduled. um, But there's still work that has to be done and a lot of work of that and collection of payments and, you know, securing dates and so on and so forth. It's when you go to a nine to five, of course, it's the, you show up to work, you do the work and you repeat, but it's really, I mean, like what's to stop you to say that you, let's think you have some off the wall, maybe you're late three days in a row for whatever you get fired. Maybe somebody accuses you of something you didn't do and you get fired. Like there's a lot of things that, cause you, what that, that's that false sense of security. People sit in a cubicle and go, well, I've got a job. I'll have a job for five years, 10 years, 15 years, whatever. But their security in their lifestyle is n- not any higher than mine. I just think there is. I give, I give the power to thinking that there was. Yeah. Cause there's not. It's all confidence, in my opinion, because their sense of security with that job is they're confident that they won't be late. They're con- like, they have confidence. Yeah, it's that like control perform. factors. Yes. Yeah. That the 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 things I would that agree would with lead, that. the things that would lead to their downfall Demise. Yeah, <laughs> in that position, they have confidence in that they can control. Yeah. Where my insecurity is as a business owner is that I don't have confidence in all of the things that you need to be able to control to have, in my opinion, to run a successful business. Do you think yours is external or my internal? Mine's internal. Mine's internal too. Mine is fears. I, you're not doing this well enough. Yes. You, you said you do this three years ago. You haven't done it. Yes. I, mine right now, I can recognize that I have a fear of success because with success comes expectations and the expectation that you will perform at a certain level consistently and that you will do a certain amount of work consistently in my mind. And so I have a fear of success because I don't want to be forced or feel forced that I have to maintain a certain level of productivity. And Uh, I, I am so innate, like I, to my core, I am a sloth. Like I am a, I want to sleep all day. Like I don't, I truly don't think it's depression related. I don't think it's just, I like to sleep and I like to do nothing. And I like to just, be me kind of thing. Whereas getting up and going out and doing things takes a lot of energy. And maybe, I mean, maybe this is coming from a place of I'm really pregnant right now. and like literally just want to hibernate, but 
I, I felt the same way five years ago. Like, I loved to sleep. I loved to just not have not have obligations, not have things on my calendar. And so it, a fear of success is, shit, if you get too big and too shiny kind of thing, like, people are going to expect you to do a certain level of work, and I don't want those expectations. Now, that is my place of fear, my place of, like, wanting to better my life and do do better recognizes that I don't want to be a sloth my entire life. I don't, I don't truly want these things. If I did become a, like an actual, like homeless doing nothing, but sleeping all day, I would be freaking miserable. So I know it's a, that's my monkey mind telling me that this is where you'll be safe and comfortable is by not doing all of this work. Correct. But my desire to have a certain, I don't want to say certain lifestyle, but it is. It's a certain lifestyle. I just have a negative... It's a life experience. Life experience, yes. I have a negative connotation to when people say um, a lifestyle because I Yeah, because it just sounds affluent. Yes. It sounds Um, rich. Exactly. I always think the extremes when really it's just... No, like I I like my... I live comfortably. Yeah, I I like the level of lifestyle. Who gets to determine what where affluent gets cut off anyway? Me. Exactly. Yes. Um, But yeah, like there's a certain lifestyle... That I would like to obtain. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you have guilt about it. Yes, I have Mm -hmm. guilt about it. Um, And so I recognize that that's being a sloth is not what I want in life. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you said it because when you said that, I'm like, you're so wrong. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to tell her that. Yes, I'm going to tell her that. So this is where I'm going to tell you. I just said read Lucky Bitch and read Get Rich Lucky Bitch. The third book she has is called Chillpreneur. And that's the first book I started with. And what you're talking about is exactly, not only have I been in what you're talking about, yes, because I would agree that I'm sure it's about pregnancy, but I also think that it's your insecurities that are screaming at the top of your head that are keeping you in this mindset because it is the comfort zone. Yes. We stay in a comfort zone because it makes us feel, I don't even like, don't even say comfortable because that's a cliche phrase, right? Yes. It makes you feel comfy. It makes you feel yeah. warm. It makes you feel like yeah. you're floating around in your mommy's womb. Yes. And that's what we want. We want to feel that way. We want That's the closest we ever felt to source, to universe, to God. Mm-hmm. We were the safest we've ever been. We were the temperature controlled. Like you can't forget about how much of an impact that has on who you are. Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with being here in this moment. And again, I think that's something that people need to hear often is that we beat ourselves up about being here. You can't be mad about where you are. You just have to know it's taking you where you're going. Yeah. So what path will you choose? Exactly. The miserable path or the vibrant path? And as you just heard both of us say, we still choose the miserable path sometimes, not intentionally. No. We even we even are like smart enough to know yes. the path is over there and that Google said it's shorter. And we were like, I like a challenge. No, I don't. I don't. I just think it's necessary. So, um... Yeah, so trillpreneur is exactly what you're talking about, okay? Because it's that fear of success means... So one of the aha moments for me was that she was talking about taxes. She's like, I used to just, like, always get the extension, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, this is me, this is me, this is me. Um, and it, and we had talked about this because you asked me, like, why aren't you doing it? I'm like, I don't know. I don't even, like... It's not that I pay in, you know? Like, I either break even or I've gotten a refund because I've got some children, mm-hmm. right? So it's not about that. So the, what the hell is my problem? Well, she says something into it. She's like... Her th- the blocks she's talking about is that maybe you feel like it'll make you legitimate, right? Like maybe maybe you'll you'll actually have to pay in and that scares you. Maybe it'll move you up a tax bracket in your world. You're worried you'll lose your friends or whatever. She's like, but are you in business or not? You're claiming that you're in business, so be a businesswoman. And that was enough for me that I was like, I mean, it's not that I like ran home and like set up my Excel worksheet right right then, but I was like, that was a declaration I wanted to make is that I didn't want to teeter on the cusp of being able to claim it as a hobby or a business. I want to be a businesswoman. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been, I, I've never said it. I don't say it. 
like to say entrepreneur, I like to say businesswoman, but I made that declaration. So giving it the actual power to it was really, really important because um, I think that you'll like that. It's about when you work through the blocks of thinking success means I'm busy 24 seven or I'm overcommitted or I'm doing projects that I don't want to just because it's photography, then you'll, you'll chisel down your boundaries more and they'll be more clear and you'll have such a distinct business to almost be like autopilot because like what you're talking about is like, yeah, right now I'd rather like Netflix for five out. No, like when you said that, I go, I bet you $10,000 that if somebody offered her like, let's say a 14 day, um, excursion in Hawaii to take plants or pictures of native flowers, she'd be like, that feels like a lot of energy. I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. But, but you, I mean, you can see where I'm setting Th that used to be me. Like that used yeah. to be my favorite pastime with my husband would be take an entire weekend and binge stranger things. And this was not but two or three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I almost hate sitting down and watching TV now. And it's not, it's not a judgment. It's just because I feel like my time should be someplace else because that's where I feel more joy now. Yeah. And that's the difference. It's not about being better than anybody. It's just different now. You wouldn't think anything if I was like, no, I'd just rather read a book, you know, with a busty dude or busty chick on the front and a chiseled man. You'd be like, oh, that makes sense. But if I was like, I'm going to read this personal development book, you'd be like, that's weird. Over I TV. Mean, yes, I wouldn't. But yes, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm going to, I mean, I recommend highly read, read that book to like today. Okay. That's that chick right is there. It, is it available on um, well, an audiobook? Or? Yeah, I think it's on Audible. Um, I just, I use this this app called Hay House, which is more like spiritual personal development and it's like five bucks a month. So oh, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's a little bit more affordable than off, um, Audible. It's where I'm at in my personal development and all three of those books are on there. Nice. I just happen to stumble across it. Across it. Okay. Highly recommend okay. it. And she's Australian, so I really like her accent. Oh, Denise Duffield Thomas, if you want to follow her. I, yeah. she, I'm, I'm telling you, every single okay. book she she wrote I'm I, I, and this is why it's hard for me because I'm gonna speak volumes about I like I love her I think she's amazing because she told my story like every, almost everything she said about something she went through I was like I did that too or I thought that too I feel even pathetic admitting that's how I felt as well um, so you might not feel like she's as cool as I'm feeling because she might not be your person she might not tell your story but um, she also makes a heck of a lot of recommendations for, um, you know, female empowerment, wealth books and other coaches. So you could probably stumble upon somebody that would speak the language that you need if you were needed to work through some money blocks. Cause yeah. that's my big focus right now. I just, I, I don't know why I feel the need to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this because I recognize that I'm addicted to my phone. I am downloading the Hay House before I leave here because in my pregnancy brain, if I don't write it down or put a reminder in my phone, you won't do it. Or just do it, I won't do it. Yeah. So it's not that I'm being distracted by my phone. It's <laughs> that you're just taking care of a task. I'm that was really important. Taking care of a task, but I, uh, I feel the strong desire to say that because no. I, well, I have, they can't see you, you know, right? They can't, but you can. Oh, um, you said I, that though. I heard you. I'm yeah. downloading Hay House. I heard yes. you. Okay, good. Um, I just. I have become more aware in the last couple of weeks how how addicted I am to my phone. Mm -hmm. And the I can't go a dinner with my family without looking at my phone. And like I went out to dinner with friends recently, like Brett, like we did double date with my, one of my other BFFs, her new boyfriend. I was on my phone like four times in in the hour. That but we were where dinner. you at? You're the awareness. I'm in the awareness. You're the awareness. And it's... You're no longer it's asleep. No. That you're just mindlessly scrolling. Yeah, 
It's, a, it's, it's a, hard. It's, it's an addiction un- you're breaking right now, though. You really sad? Yes, it's an uncomfortable. Right, because you feel like you if you feel like you do something with your hands, you feel like you check your notifications, you feel like everybody else is doing it. Why wouldn't I? It's just the uh, the addiction of the uh, of the whole thing in general. There's so many of it. You're breaking oh, yeah. an addiction. You're better off like picking up a new habit, like smoking. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, don't I'm do just, that. but but I know but what yes. you're talking about. Yeah, no, I just I feel like. I also feel like for me personally, one of my, now that we're talking about addiction, one of my best aids is verbalizing that, like, to other people. Like, hey, I recognize that for me, this is a problem because I feel like it, it internally holds me more accountable. And yeah, I, sure. And, and like, now that you've made the announcement to the universe and see yeah. it, and I could never, because well, yeah. I'd be, like, too embarrassed I or too to. insecure. And a lot of my friends say that they don't. They don't like to admit when they have an addiction to anything, drugs, alcohol, cell phone, internet, whatever, porn. They don't like to admit that they have an addiction to it because then they feel like if they falter, then they'll be judged more harshly than if they had just been blindly doing it. And I'm like... Because the connotation to the word addiction is so harsh that it's either you go clean or you're addicted. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas... It's a progress. Yeah. In my mind, especially with phone, because... I do everything for my phone, business related. Yeah. Like everything except for editing. Yes. I do for my phone. Yeah. And so it's, I'm never going to get away from it um, in the society that we live in. But I want people to know that I recognize that I want to mentally be in this moment with you more than I want to be on my phone. Yep. And that's all it takes is that leading by example. Yep. And the self example, self awareness, and then leading by example because. Eventually, you're going to be telling funnier stories than what's on the phone, or eventually, oh, yeah. you know, people are going to get to the heart of a story that you can't find on your phone, and it'll happen. Like you'll just you'll just associate more with people who, you know, do the experiences that you want to do that make you feel good. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the natural progression, by the way. So, like, if you're like again, we've talked about this before. If you're outgrowing somebody, it's not wrong. It's just you're you're emotionally attaching the death of that friendship or relationship or whatever. It's, it's okay. Find yourself, it's not easy, but... It's not easy, but find yourself some friends that you don't have that emotional... Like, that sounds wrong. That you don't have that kind of emotional attachment to. But it's the... Be okay. Like, be okay with first with your, with your friendships. The friends that have other things going on in their life that they don't have every waking minute to spend giving you attention. Mm-hmm. Be okay and be secure in those relationships. Because I have... I have a few really strong relationships with friends that I haven't seen in person in a couple of years, but every now and like, it's one of those nothing bad ever happened. We both still want the best for each other. We both just have such busy lives and right. it's, we are not a source of stress for the other person. It's correct. It's You're always we, contributing to the friendship. Yes. Yes. I have a couple of those too. Like I have, I have a really good example. Tasha Wheeler. I don't know if she's ever listened to this podcast. I should ask her and tell her that I, I won't tell her what number, but I'll be like, I mentioned you on one of my podcasts. You should listen to them. You have to wait like four or five because she'll just go to the most recent one. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, she uh, she's a really good friend of mine. Um, I actually hired her at Toys R Us, but she, into our friendship, she gave me this owl statue because I used to be obsessed with owls. And, and she got it for free at work one day and she thought of me and so she gifted it to me. And I have had it in every single one of my apartments that I have moved because I have moved frequently mm-hmm. since she gave it to me. And I just recently moved again and I put it right on top of our shoe rack and it's right by my front door. I literally sit every day. I think of her every single day. I probably have not talked to her in person in six months 
And so I, I, I posted a picture, the owl just happened to be in the background. So I tagged her and I was just like, peep that owl on my shoe rack. And she like got really, she was just like, oh my God, you still have it. And I was like, yeah, girl, I think of you every day. Mm -mm. But it's that, it's that friendship that I'm so thankful for that she, she is 10 years my senior. She has children. I'm closer to age in, to her children than I am to her. So I know that she's busy, but we are the same maturity level, I feel like, because I, all of my friends are older, you're older, my fiance is older. But it's that security and that friendship of there's nothing but love there. Yeah. It's just the respect for the busyness. Well, you know, you really, in all secret, sure. all you're looking for is what you have with Tasha with every single person on planet Earth. That's all we all are doing is trying to get there. <clears throat> and it's so hard because it just sounds like it's easy. Like you just, you're supposed to love everybody. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess when you say it doesn't sound like it's supposed to be hard, but it is hard because it, everybody it else has got their shit going on and nobody wants to be in the same mind frame. And how do you get there? You know, you get there, you get there through forgiveness. Because when you forgive other people for what they do not know and what they do know, you realize, again, because all you're doing is making it about you. This is true. Mm hmm Everyday practice. Everyday practice. Yeah. But knowing that those types of relationships... Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah, for sure. Everybody should have at least one of those in their life. Oh, yeah. And I've been blessed with a few. <laughs> Don't yawn on our podcast, woman. I've gonna... never done that. No, you haven't. We need to start um, vlogging. It's because... <laughs> Well, I was literally thinking, I was like, I'm so glad they can't see us. This is the first time, like, we've both been, like, we're, like, lounging in our chairs and we're normally sitting upright like you were a part of a podcast. <laughs> I don't know. It's Mon It's Monday. We're filming early. So I just kind of feel some Monday vibes, I guess. I don't know. I'm just struggle bussing. Well, my, my sleep schedule is a little off, so I think I'm trying to recoup a little bit. So, yeah, I got to get back into the good stuffs. Well, yeah, because, you know, everything happens for a reason. So why did you sleep so... Why do you feel so tired? Because you slept poorly. Because I slept poorly. I did sleep... I shouldn't say I slept poorly. I just was... Um, I was working later oh. than normal. So uh, I didn't get to bed at the normal time. It was like one of those, you know, when I would have been wound down, I was winding down. Oh, yeah. So, and then exciting weekend kinds of things. So just... Yeah, because Cole turned 13. Yeah. Okay, that's old. Yeah, my mom... Even my mom goes... Uh, Cole turned how old? I said he's 13. She's like, oh my gosh. Well, because I was trying to remember, I was like, I don't even remember the first time I actually met Cole in person, but I was like, he was like five. And then I was like doing the math and I was like, no, he was probably like eight or nine, but it yeah. feels like he was like five. And yeah, he's, he's probably 13. eight or nine. Yeah. Tony and I, he started dating when he was five. Yeah, because you and I have known each other for seven years. Oh my gosh. I know, which sounds crazy. So I would have, the earliest I would have met Cole Francis or Cole, Cole Franklin. Franklin. Francis is Tony. Yep. Yeah. Franklin is, uh, I can't even math now. Well, if it was seven years ago, if it was seven years ago, it was about, yeah. He could have been pretty on. But I feel like it took us a couple of years to reach the, um. Soap Yeah, exactly. I love that your children, like, I walk in and both boys look to your daughter and like, oh, it's your best friend. Because every time I come over, I'm just like, hi, best friend. Yep. Because Olivia, she's a doll. She is a little thing. That I'm not trying to impose any identity choices on. I had her in her pigtails at the park today and thought I had to balance it out with a blue shirt just to make sure, you know. You know what's so funny is that I saw that and I was just like, I should put my hair in pigtails today. <laughs> like, I literally was just like, I know I'm 27, but like, can I wear pigtails? I like, wear pigtails? Like, I, well, I mean braids. I don't remember the last time I actually wore pigtails. Actually, I think I do because my stepdad, like, I was, I was like 13 
and my stepdad like made like some kind of snarky remark and was like, oh, you look like a toddler. And I was just like, a toddler? I was like, okay. And I'm pretty sure that's the last time I ever like willingly wore like high pig, like I've worn like braids, like oh, low yeah. braids, but I haven't worn like high pigtails like a little Oh my gosh, anything. I think I would probably feel... <laughs> Yeah, like I probably laugh like that all the time. Like, yes. I don't even. You know what? Then we should wear our hair like that more no, often. Well, maybe <laughs> the next podcast we both do it just to see how what kind that, of vibes be, puts out there. That'll be the first podcast we record like video. with a vlog, yes, like Joe Rogan style. Yes. Uh, yeah, we'll see because that means I have to like put makeup on. Oh pfft. no, real, no, I this don't. is a real life podcast. As I say, I do I do my lives without makeup sometimes. Yeah, so um, I just think that. There's a lot of work to be had. Like, when we talk about language, again, you know, again, man-made concept, right? There's how many languages currently on planet Earth that are spoken, number one. Number two, how many are there that aren't even spoken anymore? Mm-hmm. Um, so... And how many are there that we don't even know about? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. Number. Well, that's not, numerous. I think it's probably infinite. And then you don't even think about, like, I think we had touched base on a podcast before about how even there's evolution of our language. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, like, there's catchphrases. Like, you had yes. said that thing about living in the year 3000. This is the only word that's really ever stuck around is cool. Everything else has changed. Yes. Terminology changes. I literally, like, just today read a, a Facebook um, article that talked about, it was interviews from people from other countries that speak different languages that have adopted English words into their, yeah. like, as, as a as language. As a standard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Has, they have adopted English words into their they're replacing their native yes and i it, it just blew my mind a little bit because i was like that's how much influence we, i was just gonna say that's a, a that's a level of privilege have. by the way oh so much so yeah i almost sometimes um am i don't know what the word is regretful i don't it's not the word i'm looking for but i was, it's almost a hindrance that, that was the first language that i learned oh yeah because well i shouldn't say that i guess you know like now that i'm saying that I, it's really the opposite because i've heard time and time again that english is the hardest language to learn so starting off with what we started off with is fortunate but i think the the regret quote unquote is that i feel at a disadvantage that english is, is taking over the world yes and every well i not that I'm saying that I think everybody learns, needs to learn English, by the way. That's no, not what I'm saying. I, just I think feel... that our populace has made it so much so that we think it needs to be. Yes, <laughs> and I feel like we have bullied other other languages into learning our language. Yeah, I agree with um, that. Again, fuck the white man, sorry. But, um, no, I feel at a disadvantage when it comes to being a, a member of the, the world like being a, a human on planet Earth because we only know, or we are only urged to know one language yeah. in American, United States of America, in our school systems. Because I've, when I was 14, we both, we both did. We both got to travel with the, the organization People to People back when we were little, little, I was 14, no? 16, yeah. I was 13 years ago, holy crap. Um, but I got to travel to Italy and France and I got to, the whole point of that trip was for me to mingle with children my own age to help and aid in the foreign affairs, kind of like opening up that right. communication between people. Student between, ambassadors. Yes, we yeah. were student ambassadors. And like, I felt so out of place. Like I used to feel like what before that trip, I always felt like I was super knowledgeable, like I was so worldly because I had read about other places and blah, blah, blah. I'd seen so many movies. And then I'd go to this place and I, from the moment my feet touched the ground, I felt like I was the dumbest person on earth. A, I had blonde hair, so I was like, I was just a dumb blonde. But it's just, 
people, students from other countries, they just knew so much more than we did. And they, interesting. They, I, I came from a place of, like, I felt like I just was lacking in my education because they were, they seemed so much farther ahead of us. They also knew multiple languages. The village that we visited in, in Italy, I don't even remember who, where, which town, which village we were in. Um, but they, they were fluent in Italian and English and they were all required to take a third foreign language. And so I'm just like, how? I'm, I would have felt... Yeah, but in children, it's easier too. It is. But yeah. I was like, I feel barely fluent in English. They're right, 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 and right. And there was no... At 14, yeah, sure, I took year one of Spanish, but it was not like a... To me, it was not... I did not take that class seriously because it was just fun words and it wasn't actually like learning sentences or conjugation or anything. It was literally just learning how to say hola and como se llama. Like, what's your name? Like, it wasn't... It's funny because, uh, you know, when I went to people to people, I went to an English-speaking country. <laughs> I went to Australia and New Zealand. <laughs> there you go. See? But no. Um, and I had a completely different experience. And I think that's part of it is, like, you know, because we could fluently talk to each other without any barriers except for accent. That was really it. Okay. So um, I didn't get that. I actually got, like, a diff. I mean, like, not per se about their the standard of the education that they were getting, but, like, their schools – almost everywhere that we went were much older fashion style still. Mm-hmm. Um, like all the classrooms, like you had to go outside and come go to another one. Like there was no inside buildings. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but they were, I mean, it was really fun to talk to kids your own age in different countries for sure. Yeah. I um, mean, that's definitely one of those, everything happens for a reason kind of things. Like, and cause it's just cause and effect really that that's the whole, like that saying can be broken down to every action has a reaction or every, yeah. Cause has a effect. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I do feel like I, the, I was blessed with that experience and I will, I will forever be indebted to my grandmother physically and like figuratively. Um, Cause my grandmother loaned me the money for that trip because we, we didn't have the money for it and I'm still paying her back. I'm 27 years old and I have not paid my grandmother back a $5,000 for a $5,000 trip. So I should get on that. Um, but it opened up the doors for that trip, that one experience. That was the first international trip I'd ever taken. I will, That was the first trip I'd ever taken without my family. Um, I was with a group of other students from Nebraska, but we weren't like f- super friends or anything. So it was just, it forced me to get out of my comfort me zone. Too. I and needed it, nobody. Oh yeah. And it, I had, I still can. Re- I still talk to people to this day. Oh yeah. That I went to the trip with. Same, same. And I, it's they I don't remember what they call it. There's certain memories that are that stand out so so detailed in your memory. Like there, there's a term for it, but it's that entire trip is like that for me. Me too. Like yeah. I remember almost I can remember at least one thing from every single day of that 17 day trip that I took. That is like it. It almost feels like a flashback. Like literally, like verbatim I can remember every word every smell every feel like it's just it was such an important monument mental moment it was in a growth it's why I, I want to associate you it's it's a monumental memory for that reason it was an yeah. expansion of who you are who you thought you were who you wanted to become 100%. Uh, I, I, because in that moment I knew I was like I want to travel I oh, knew yeah. it was like cemented to me that I was going to travel it was cemented to me that I I I knew then that I would always understand more I'd understand people better than other people would 
Oh, because of that as well. And it was joyful to get yes. to have that experience. It was 100%. like you should always have children travel, in my opinion, because they're closer to source. They are closer to innocence. They are closer to being able to accept people for who they are and in that moment. So if you start sparking that culture within your kids now, then they will resonate that as adults. Oh, 100%. It was like... It was like nine days when we got when I got back from that trip. Nine? Um, I was like gone for twenty one days. Oh really? Twenty one days. No, no, I we were gone for like seventeen days. Oh okay, okay. But it was like night and day. Oh okay. For me, gotcha. Um, when I got when I got home, I don't remember who which classmate it was, but um, I was at Irving Middle School. Hey. hey. Um, but uh, I just remember having a conversation with somebody, and they seemed just so uninterested in in knowing that life in another country was drastically different. Like, I was trying uh-huh. to, I was, I think it was, Why? Because people want to stick with what they know. Yes. Like, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I was giving a class presentation because I had gone, like, it was one of those, like, what'd you do over your summer? And, like, I mentioned what I did. My teacher, like, wanted me to talk about it because she recognized how important it was. And, like, I had, like, this, I'm pretty sure it was a little boy, but I can't remember who, of his face or who was, who was. But I just remember him being very dismissive, like, oh, who gives a, who gives a flying F kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm just like... Which is so funny that you say that because my grandma, who is the one that inspired me to travel, right? Mm -hmm. She was like one of the first people to call me and was like, as soon as you get your pictures printed, bring them over. Oh. Right? That's so nice. Right. Yeah. And that was just more validation for me too. And she wanted to know ever like, I was like that kind of kid. Like I did not just take pictures of my friends and stuff. I I took pictures of the trees and how different they were. Like when we went to the museum, I took pictures of really bizarre things as well. And she wanted to know everything. Like, why did you take a picture of this? Why was this important to you? And that was just so crucial for me. You know, I've, I've never thought of it that way. But any, because inter- I've gone on several international trips since then. Like, I feel very honored and blessed in life that I have been able to travel. But I do, I have pictures of buildings that, like, I'm like, That's now cool. now looking back that I'm just like, I have no idea why. I <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I have quite like, a few of those like, too. Or like, I, I'm pretty sure I have a picture of, like, brick roads. Like, I was just, like, I even took pictures of Ford probes because that's what I drove at the time. I was impressed that I was in a different country. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I took a picture of the TV because the Friends TV show was on it. <laughs> so you. So I, I did. That's I awesome. did that at 16, guys. That's 16. awesome. But I was more thoroughly impressed with the fact that it was, like, three seasons behind. Yeah. That was I, what blew my mind. You know, sometimes I, I do wonder, like, our lives were so similar growing up. Oh, there's a reason why we're in each other's lives. Yeah. Yeah. That... Everything. You give me the connection that I would never got with my sister. Same. Uh-huh. Oh, same. The, what I needed at the mm-hmm. time to be a better human being than I am now, but how do you get here this way? Yeah. I I literally just texted Brett this morning while he was at work, and he didn't get a chance to read it till he got home. Um, a really long, sappy love message that was basically just like, thank you so much for helping me build this life that we have, and yeah. like I can't wait to be your wife, and... I almost was like, well, let's just go fucking get married today. Like, um, why are we waiting? Kind oh, of things. but but is that not powerful? Like, you have the overwhelming emotion of I could be married to him today, and it wouldn't matter if it was like in front of a church and people. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah. That's the feeling you're searching for with everything else. Yes. But everything in my life, good and bad, has led up to this moment right yep. now, and to this feeling these babies move inside my tummy because I get so whenever I get emotional, she moves and it's awesome. Yeah, she can feel all that from the inside. Yeah. She's connected to Source. Yeah, she's connected to Source right now, as well as the fact that she's swimming around in your amniotic fluid and she's left. She gets to, like, love the vibration when we giggle so hard. Yes. So, I feel honored to be cementing some of Baby Harper's comfort in planet physical Earth when she gets here. So, tell them where they can find you. Photos of the Anderson.com or on Facebook. 
Please friend them across me. I like friends. Mm, yeah, and don't forget to hit me up for the empowerment course. There will be two more dates in September. I'll let you know once I get those set. Uh, there will most likely be a weeknight one as well as a weekend one so we can try to accommodate all schedules the best that we can. Uh, and I'll be live tonight. Well, well, this will be on Wednesday. So <laughs> I'll be live on Mondays on my Facebook page and over on Vote for Parties too. Don't forget to check us out at Cooking in Chef Tone's Kitchen every other week. We're off this week, so we'll be back next week. Uh, we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope that you're getting something from this. Don't forget to share it to a girlfriend if you feel like they might be able to benefit from it. And we will be back next week. So stay happy, stay healthy, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Bye.